it's your favorite podcast hosts, Madame and Hannah, coming at you from our cozy little communication corner. On today's episode, we're discussing our weekly updates, sharing some juicy stories in our trauma dump segment, and going into our SLP confessions, and then wrapping up with some SLP recs. Let's start off with our weekly updates. Hannah, how has your week been? It's been pretty all right. Um, let's see. I don't, you, as you know, as maybe some of our friends don't know, I have a dog named Frankie. And, yes, I do know. And he's so cute. And he's like the love of my life. He's, um, <laughs> besides Omar, my husband. I was going to say before or after Omar. <laughs> I don't know. Omar is a might be a second. He might be a. Oh my god! I mean, I think Frankie's number one. But anyways, he recently got groomed, and we actually, when he when we got him, we brought him to the groomers one time, and then the past three to four times we've done it ourselves, which is painstakingly horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time around, we decided to take him to the groomers. And so, you know, I called my husband, I called Omar and I was like, oh, how did he do? And mm-hmm. he was just like, oh, he did okay. But, you know, he was really anxious. Um, it's, you know, second time doing it. Um, and it was kind of like the the groomer was like, we usually charge $10 if you're pups anxious um and yeah and so and he was like oh really we didn't know we don't mind paying it um but what Mm -hmm. happened and she was like well basically when I was clipping his toenails he tried to like nip at like me a little bit like not hard but just like kind of like kind of almost nipped her and I was like I was like wait what like my son my son could do no harm like I'm the type of dog mom who's like, no, he's literally perfect. I don't know. Like you're, probably, oh you know, you're, you're an actual mom. So you yes. probably think the same way, right? He is perfect. He's literally, there's no, I thought my newborn could be a newborn baby model. That is how much mom right. influence my brain had on me. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah. So I'm a dog mom fluence. Like I, that's literally mm-hmm. like my dog. And my husband had to like calm me down. He was just like, Hannah, no, like he probably did. And, you know, like he is an anxious dog. And I was like, no, no, no. It was probably her fault. Like she probably done, did something. And did he, he was like, in front no. of her or no? No, no, no. I wasn't. We were on the phone. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like he was just updating me and I was telling him how like, you know, my dog is perfect. So I think like, but like, yeah, like I'm a, you know, a very protective mo- mother of mm-hmm. my child. Um, this is yes. my first child, so, you know. <laughs> was he, did you guys get him together or did you have him before you got married? Oh, no, we we got him together. We never had animals before like this. Like my oh, parents, okay. both of our parents were like meat freaks and mm-hmm. didn't believe in having pets. Oh, yeah, and same so... thing. My parents refused to let us, we had an outdoor cat, but they refused to let us have any indoor pets. Um, So the first thing I did when I moved out was get a cat. Mm, see, and now I exactly. have two. Same, same with me. Same. I couldn't have pets either. And so, you know, I, after a year of marriage or about a year of marriage, we both were like, let's get a dog. And it was totally on a whim. And we got Frankie mm-hmm. and he is, like I said, the love of my life. He's yes, amazing. We were, he could do no We harm. also did it on a, on a whim. Um, I was like, yeah. I texted my sister-in-law like, hey, let's go pick up this kitten that I saw online. And she was like, okay. And that's how we got the first cat. Same thing with the second one. Amanda went Literally. with me. <laughs> Turns out she has, um, Amanda's our friend. Turns out she has cat allergies. And her, she, no. when we went to go pick up the cats, she was like, 
having reactions. And I was like, why did you come? And she's like, I love cats. <laughs> I was like, well, I appreciate it. But one of my updates, my second update of the week, I think, or I have like three, my second, you know, funny story of the week was, you know, I sleep kind of early because I have to travel. I travel for work and it's about 45 minutes, you know, to get to my hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I sleep early. I'm in bed by like nine, 10 ish, you know, and my husband likes to stay up. So he's in the living room and we live in an apartment. So like sound travels mm-hmm. and he was watching a movie. He was watching pitch perfect three. Um, my husband Goodness. is a very interesting person. He, oh, in a good way, in a beautiful way. I love this about him. He is a romantic at heart. Like he loves oh, love that's so, sweet. so much. Yeah. That's he loves so love. sweet. So does that mean like you get flowers every like holiday? You get no? Absolutely not. No, no, no. What? He just loves moving oh up. What a waste. When we were dating, when we were dating, mm-hmm. he was very romantic. But like, you know, as marriage, we got really comfortable. And so I understand yeah. it's a little mm-hmm. different now. Like the relationship will change, but he just loves movie love. And he loves romantic comedies. Um, like his favorite movie as a kid, or like actually still to this day, is High School Musical. He <laughs> loves High School Musical. But anyways, he was watching Pitch Wait, Perfect. Wait, I have something to confess. Yeah, go for it. I've never watched it? High School. No, I've never watched it. I've never watched High School oh. Musical. Any of them. I feel like as an adult watching it, you probably won't like it. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I never went back and watched them. Yeah, I wasn't in this yeah. country when they came out when I was a kid. And so <laughs> yeah, just, don't, I don't recommend yeah. it normally as an adult. No. You have to grow up with it to like understand. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. So anyway, so he was like watching Pitch Perfect and, you know, I'm trying to fall asleep. And I so I call him because he couldn't hear me. And I was like, hey, love, do you mind, you know, lowering it down a little bit? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So he hangs up and in 10, maybe five, 10 minutes later, still at the same level so I call Mm -hmm. him again and I'm like love like please like I'm trying to go to bed I'm so sorry can you lower down and he literally answers and goes it's so good gosh (laughs) I'm literally crying and I was like what and he was like all the Bellas just came out and they started singing and oh my gosh I just I'm so sorry and he was like crying on the phone and I go I just start laughing and I'm like Okay, honey, it's okay. Never mind. <laughs> You're fine. Enjoy your movie. So, are you a ty- the type of person that cries during movies too? Oh, absolutely. I cry at like any. I cry at commercials. I'm a very emotional person. I am too, a hundred percent. But my husband, like he in movies, isn't. And so, uh, actually, I feel like I'm interrupting you so much. But I have a little no, like, no. Okay, so when I was pregnant, I was like, I'm an emotional person not being pregnant. So adding okay. pregnancy, I was a wreck. Oh, man. Um, anytime I laughed, it turned into mm-hmm. crying. And then besides that, I was just always crying. I watched Frozen, which I've already seen before. And spoiler alert, her Elsa saves um, Anna, right? <laughs> I know this. I sobbed, sobbed watching it for like the third time. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, my God, I just love this. Like, I love women supporting women. And I was literally sobbing. And my mom's like, wow, you're really pregnant. And I'm like, I women. know. <laughs> I love women. She's like women. women. Yeah. She was like, "This is literally a cartoon." And then I watched Sing Two, and the little piggy does like the mom pig doesn't get the role that she wants. Like they give it to this young werewolf or whatever, mm-hmm. and I cried. And my husband's like, "Why are you crying?" So and I was like, she, "She just she's always wanted this, and they're giving it to the younger, hotter oh animal." He's like, "She's gonna get it, <laughs> my mom. Like you're fine." But yeah, so I'm a crier. 
I was just wondering um, if you also were, because like yeah, he's kind no. of the, the other side. No, we both, like, we're both criers. Well, I mean, Omar, I cry more than Omar, but he just loves love so much and he loves good movies. And, you know, he's been really passionate about Pitch Perfect recently. Um, and so hopefully if you guys, all our friends listening, if you guys seen Pitch Perfect, I think too, when all the bells come out, I think people also resonate with this because I've told multiple people this story and they go, oh my gosh, yes, the last scene is beautiful. And so I actually... Omar played it for me and he just got he was like watching it rewatching it again he goes I'm crying again it's so good <laughs> and I was like dying but yes but you know thank god I got sleep that night and you know when he was done he lowered it down when he finished crying <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of <laughs> my week um yeah my last update of the week if you don't mind me sharing mm-hmm. um so recently as you know I was working six days a week maybe seven and yes, I way too recently, many days. Yeah. I recently became a sane person and I stopped. And so now <laughs> I'm working five, like a normal yeah, human being should. Like a normal human right. being. I love that for you. I, when you yeah. first told me you work seven days, I was like, when do you live your life? Like yeah, how? How? And I guess like you just, I know you love speech therapy so I, much, but yeah. I was like, Hannah, you need days off. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm a workaholic. Like most, I feel like speech therapy, when you become a speech therapist, my mm-hmm. sister told me it becomes your personality. Like speech yes. therapy is our life. And it's, it's so sad, but like, you know, maybe one day I'll have a hobby, but <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I work really hard to make sure that speech therapy is not my life and I still yeah. love it so much. It's yeah, I know it's a hard, it's a hard balance, but my update was, you know, now that I have Saturdays and Sundays off, um, every Saturday, I still continue. I'm a morning person, so I wake up pretty early regardless. And so I've been waking up around like 6.30, you know, today was 6, you know, 6 to 6.30. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, you know, running, working out in the morning. And this is where the hard part comes in. I've been doing grocery shopping. I've been going mm-hmm. out, like right after my workout, I'll go grocery shopping, which is typically when I was working six to seven days a week, I wasn't mm-hmm. grocery shopping. So, you know, and it's causing me, you know, I was gaining money and now I'm losing money because I am now taking my days off and shopping mm-hmm. yes, at Target, which is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Mm, yeah. I, I like have, I actually don't go to Target a lot because when I do, like, I'll literally go be like, okay, I'll just grab a coffee and I'll look in their do- like $5 mm. section, like the dollar section. Oh. That's never a dollar. And um, I'll end up spending like $86. So I genuinely like will try to limit myself. My problem is Amazon exists and Amazon is so Mm. convenient. So I could probably keep Amazon running by myself. If everybody stopped using Amazon, I would feel you. (laughs) That one day shipping is addicting. When I was like, literally I gave birth and in my postpartum, like literally that week that I had given birth, I discovered they have not even just like one day shipping, same day shipping. So like I would place an order for like cream and it would get there at 1am and my mom would be like, why are we getting deliveries at 1am? Cause I'll stay at her house. And she was like, and I'd be like, um, because that was an option and it was free. (laughs) Prime is very bad to have, Mm. but it's very convenient. It makes my life a lot easier. Yeah. All right, madam, you want to share with us your your weekly updates? Yes. Okay, so I have a really long one, so I'm going to try to like go through the smaller ones first and then mm-hmm. share the important one at the end. Um okay. So 
Here we let's just start. <laughs> Let me just get into it. Okay. So as you guys know, I'm a mom. And so I had my son in October 2022 and have been on a break from work since then. So I've been in the process of finding a job. Um, and I've been interviewing with different places. So I mm-hmm. interviewed with sorry, I feel like I'm reciting this. I just really want to get to the end. Okay, so I interviewed <laughs> with <laughs> I interviewed with um two private practices. We'll call okay. one of them EG practice and the other okay. one um S practice. Okay. Okay. And then I also interviewed with an early intervention job. So when I decided to start looking for a job closer to where my mom lives so she can watch him for me, um, I knew like I wanted to work part time, I wanted to be close to her. Um, and, uh, that was it. Those were like my main, oh, and I did not want to take a pay cut because I know going that direction, I would take a pretty big pay cut. And so I set a limit for how much I was willing to take. And I was willing to take up to $10 less than what I make an hour, which is a big amount. It's also because I was being paid really well where I was. Um, and I really tried to make it work with my, um, company that I was working with before I had him, but like, I just didn't have anyone to watch him for me here. And I didn't feel comfortable putting him in childcare at such a young yeah. age. I really okay. want to wait until that's we can talk. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. Right. And that's a personal choice. I know every not everyone has that privilege, yeah. but I do. Yeah. And so I was going <laughs> to take advantage of it. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so I applied to these three places. I applied to multiple places, but I only applied to, I don't know if you're like this, Hannah, but I only applied to places where they show how much the pay is. Because um, mm. I think there's something so shady about not posting the pay rate. Um, <laughs> and so... All of them were within the range that I was willing to accept. Um, And so I applied to them. So the EG place got back to me and they um, offered me a pay that was $30 an hour below my rate like that I was getting before. Um, And I knew I'd take a cut because I was going from early intervention to private practice. So when she, like, I loved the company when they were interviewing me. I was like, okay, like, I think this might work. Um, I really loved their spokesperson. Um, and so when she told me the pay, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. That would be such a big pay cut for me. Yeah. Um, and she's like, so what are you making now? And I told her and she's like, okay, let me talk to the higher ups and see what I can do. So in my head, I had already decided I'm declining this job because right, <laughs> right. I didn't think she was going to come back with something that I can, that I can accept. Um, so uh, the second place we're going to call it S place. And I okay. wanted to work there so badly because my friend's a slipper and she's like, they're so accommodating. They're so great. Um, and I was like, okay, so let me interview with them. So I, they kind of took a week longer to respond to me. Um, but by the time that they did, we did the interview and we talked about pay. I would be taking also a $30 pay cut working for this company. Yeah. And so I told them and I was like, Hey, like, cause she asked me like, is that what you're around what you're making now? And I was like, no, actually like what I'm making now is this and what I've been Mm. uh, like the places that I've like applied for are offering this. And she was kind of speechless. She really didn't have um a response she was like yeah uh and I know that it's a smaller practice than the other practice the other practice is much bigger um they're like across California and so mm-hmm. um I knew like there there would be those differences and yeah. but here's the thing I'm willing to take a pay cut for a better environment and so she was like well if you're still interested in sending your references go ahead and do yeah. it and I did but that was last week and I still haven't heard back from her and then I also applied for the early intervention job Okay. Um, close to my mom but she, when she and that's by, is that the, the one you did at your cf or a different no it was a different company but okay. um 
But early okay. interventions don't. Still early intervention. And you just reminded me. So also along this process, my yeah. former employer reached out to me and she was like, hey, I have oh. a super part-time job if you're interested in it. And I love this woman. Literally would do anything yeah. for her. If you guys live near me and are looking, like to the people who know me, and are looking <laughs> for a job, like this woman, she pays well. She supports her SLPs, right. always has your back. Even if you like were to do something wrong, she will come to you privately and talk to you about it, but she wow. will still have your back. That's she's beautiful. literally the best. She's so good. I love her yeah. so much. Anyways, I'm done <laughs> talking about how much I love this woman. Um, but she, she reached out to me and she said, hey, like this, I have a super part-time job. Um, would mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. be willing to do it? And I said, I'd do anything for you. Um, oh. And so I actually ended up getting a pay raise with her because now I'm a licensed speech therapist and yeah. it was a really good raise. Um, so I accepted that for a super part-time. So now I'm applying for the other early, I had applied for the other early intervention job. And I told her like, I'm only looking for like 10 hours a week, like really minimal hours. And I Mm. only want to be within this city limits. Like I, you know, so that was like, I was very upfront about that because I don't know very many people that want to hire someone that wants to only work 10 hours a week. Um, and so she like responded and she was so great. Literally, I really felt like I clicked with them. But then um, when she came back with the pay, it wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good pay, Um, but it was still lower than what I wanted. And so I, you know, I counter offered because I wasn't going to take any of the benefits um, that they offered. Um, So I was like, this is how it works. Like you just counter offer. Everyone does it. Like everyone, that's how it works. You guys, whenever you get your first offer, they are always lowballing you and they expect you to counter offer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you don't know that, we're going to go into all of this when we do our SLP journey and give you guys the tips and tricks for how to become a speech therapist. That's coming up soon. But so it's normal, part of the normal process. Well, she responded to me and she said, if you want to have a real discussion about pay, I'm happy to do that, but you have to be willing to drive to Solano County. And I'm not willing to drive to Solano County because it's like two hours away That's, from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, not not her crazy, but like the distance is crazy. And yeah. so I like responded and I told her like, okay, well, um, first of all, I didn't like that she said like, if you're willing to have a real conversation about pay, because I, I yeah, it was yeah, it made yeah, me yeah. feel yeah like it made me feel like um like she was talking down to me I don't know mm, so I just responded and, right yeah and so I just responded and I was like hey well you know um, I understand completely um, unfortunately I'm not able to work in Solano County um, <laughs> and I understand if you can't match the pay that I was offered at yeah. this other company um, and let me like please feel free to reach out to me if you ever need anything like I really like this mm. woman. I can't yeah. something into the microphone. Okay. So I ended that there. So then the EG place gets back to me and they're like, we're uh-huh. going to match your pay. And I okay. was mind blown, mind blown. Okay. Cause I was like, whoa, I don't think, hold on, maybe it's not. It wasn't actually a $30 increase. It was 25, I think, which is still so that's, much that's, money more than big. they were offering. Yeah. yeah that's that's so it's an hour. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa. And I was honest with her. I was like, honestly, I was expecting to answer this call and decline your offer. Like, I didn't think you guys were going to wow. match me like where, you know, where I am. Yeah. Um, But she did. But then it turns out the orientation is in LA and I would mm. have to be there seven days a week, um, seven days a week. I'd have to be there for a whole week from nine to six. And I have a baby. So like they yeah. offered to pay for the flight, the hotel, the car, my husband's flight. Like they were oh offering to gosh. pay for all of it. Yeah, but, like, I didn't feel, like, I still didn't want to fly out to L.A. for a whole week mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, like, 
drag my baby with me and then not see him yeah. at all from nine to six. That's a long time. Working super part time. Um, anyway, so I reached out to her and I told her, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. You had mentioned maybe doing orientation online, like whatever. Okay. So now we, she got back to me and she said, like, we can do one day in person in L.A. And then the next the rest will be online in the city that the practice is in near yeah. my mom. And I want to do it. But I kind of what do you think? I feel like flying out to L.A is like for one day is worse than flying after seven no that is so worth it like that's I love that she's willing to compromise Mm -hmm. on different levels like that's amazing like she it seems like they really want you and the fact that they're willing to pay for only a day Mm -hmm. are they also paying for the hotel or just so they the are place? they're paying for everything but in the contract wow. it says if you don't stay with them for the full year the contract mm-hmm. year then mm-hmm. you have to re you have to pay that back which i think makes which, sense which is reasonable Honestly, that's very right. reasonable i do think that's reasonable so yeah. and i do love the company at first it kind of was giving me some like sketchy vibes just because of like how mm-hmm. healthy it sounded um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that so the person who no. interviewed me is that's true a, yeah so the person who interviewed me he's the regional director I think was his title for like our mm-hmm. area for like the Sacramento like this whole northern California area and he's a slip up but because in their program they mm-hmm. have it set up where like you can choose a career path where you want to like move up in the ranks or specialize as a speech pathologist in something and they'll pay for all the courses that you need for specializing wow. Wow. and I was like this is way too good to be true yeah. like yeah somebody is trying to scam me but it turns out like it's not too good to be true so do you I know anybody just- sorry you, you told me like, oh, I don't know what I heard about that company. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but do you know anybody Did that you... actually worked for the company? Mm-mm. No, because like, who's, I'm just saying this because I recently, well, I got a, I got offered a job and I, when I interviewed with them, um, the hospital sounded amazing. Like it was like, we support our speech therapists. We want the best ev- evidence-based practices. We're doing MBSs, we're doing fees. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you'll get, you know, our productivity is within a reasonable range. And mm-hmm. I declined it because it just didn't fit with my lifestyle at the time. And thank God I declined it because turns out like they aren't, they very like, strict on productivity. They micromanage their mm. speech therapist. Aww. They And I found this out from somebody who works there currently. Mm. Um, and I heard, and I've actually recently seen their notes. Like they're, I, we oh treated gosh. the same patients and I'm mm-hmm. looking at their notes and I was like, hmm, it doesn't sound like they're really practicing evidence-based practices mm-hmm. and really caring for their patients um, yeah. to my standard. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't know, like it, sounds very good so I don't know Mm -hmm. be cautious when it sounds everything sounds perfect exactly here's the thing I am somebody because like I said this is a something that I know is a privilege that I have and not everybody has Mm -hmm. this but I'm someone who will not stick around I left my first CFY job within a month and a half of being there which I can't wait to hear that story yeah that's a good story but waiting to like Knowing that I would have to start over my CFY because that supervisor would not sign off on those hours. Like, I was aware of that. I didn't even ask her to because I was like, this is not going to go well. So I'm someone who will leave. Like, I – so I think that's why I'm kind of having a hard time accepting flying to LA because I'm so afraid it's going to be, like, turn out to be a toxic environment. And then I'm just going to have to, like, fork up all this money um, that I don't have because I haven't been working. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of still on the fence. But – I do need to respond to her email, her message. Maybe you can like that, look up the reviews from clients. You know, I guess you're, they have I think reviews. On glass, that's true. And on on glass, glass, yeah, yeah, glass door. Like they always have good. Re- yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll check. It's pretty accurate. I, I would say because yeah. So, 
But if you do know anyone who worked there, Hannah, I will let you know. Maybe, maybe I know. You know, SLP. If you guys don't know, the SLP world is very small. Mm -hmm. Like it's extremely small. Everybody knows everybody, and so you want to be careful of like who you talk to or Mm -hmm. what kind of like your presentation because word does Mm -hmm. get around. Um, And so I will let you know if I hear anything or somebody that works there. Yeah. So right now we're in the process of deciding. I think I'm going to accept them. I really, they haven't given me any red flags. They haven't made mm-hmm, me like mm-hmm. nervous. I have only like good feelings about this. Well, keep us right, updated. Um, yeah. But do you have any more kind of updates of your week? Because I know I have, you had yes, a busy week. This is, I had a very busy week. Okay. So we talked about my job. Okay. So then also recently I had a play date with my friend, Alyssa, who's also a speech therapist. Our sons are two months apart and it was so okay. fun. But during this play date, we discussed doing a mommy and me class because our area has none, zero, nada, nothing. And so we're going to be starting a mommy and me class. And I'm so excited, you guys. I love working on like parent education and working with zero to three. So like this is the perfect project for me. Okay. Also, I'm making SLP shirts. I don't know if I told you this, but I am no. so excited. I'm initially I wasn't gonna sell them. I was just making them for myself because I don't feel mm-hmm. like anyone is making crew necks or long sleeve t-shirts. And mm-hmm. I'm a hijabi girl, so I'm not willing to drop thirty dollars. I mean, I am. I, I bought from Place Park because I love them, but <laughs> I don't feel comf. Like I don't. I always feel so guilty dropping thirty dollars on a t-shirt yeah. and then like yeah. only wearing it in the house or like yeah. barely wearing it. So. I'm just making them for myself. But if you guys like them, then I'm happy to like make them for everybody. I'm telling you guys, like if you guys are listening, every the speech therapy world, when you become a speech therapist, it's literally your life. Like the fact that you're making shirts. I'm sorry. Well, because I get so jealous of like everybody wearing their super cute tank top, uh, tank tops, t-shirts, wearing their super cute right? t-shirts. And like, I would literally have to wear a long sleeve shirt under them for me to mm. and it just to wear them. it ruins the, it just, ruins the vibe it ruins, it ruins it the does. look it really does because yeah, yeah, yeah. certain yeah. t-shirts like it works like just wear a white t-shirt a long sleeve or, right um just wear a black long sleeve but some of them it doesn't and I just it's so hot and I'm a sweaty girly so I was just mm-hmm. like save myself an extra layer okay now on to the more serious stuff and okay. I really had to save this for the end because I know that I'm gonna get worked up about it um okay. I'm here to, we're here to listen a, yeah Tell us this the is juice. a very Yes, and it's like a very serious topic. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready? Okay. So at our school that we went to, Hannah, they hired a Muslim professor. Do you already know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Okay. But I maybe listening. you heard something. No, I have not okay. heard. Okay. I'm okay. listening. They hired a Muslim professor to teach audiology. And um she, he teaches he teaches one undergrad class and the rest I guess are grad, grad classes. I'm obviously not there anymore. But a couple students there told me about what's going on. And I am so, like, I'm so emotional already. And I'm really disappointed. Okay. Okay. So what happened is he is an engineer. He's very, very educated. He has, he got his PhD in Canada. He Then he came here and got his PhD in Stanford and Harvard. So he, homeboy, is really educated. um, In in speech therapy or in audiology, I mean? No, in engineer. I don't actually, let me look him up real quick. So like I was saying, um, they hired this man to be a professor mm-hmm. in the audiology department. So he has a bio PhD in biomedical engineering from McGill University in Canada. Okay. And then he has a medical engineer, mechanical engineering from PhD from Stanford. Wow. And 
went to Harvard Medical School and got a PhD there. Wow. Okay. So, so this, this guy is educated. Okay. Educated. And so I think what the problem is, though, is he's one of those people who are so smart. They teach the class like you already know the material. And so they're, yeah. they, they don't make the best yeah. professors, right? Okay. okay. So the students, uh, I guess that they don't like him. Okay. So here's what happened, Hannah. Well, okay. they hired him and he showed the, like he showed the class, his undergrad class, a formula that he developed, which is so like, so cool to develop yeah, your own yeah. formula. Like how smart do you have to be? I don't even yeah. know what the formula is and I'm impressed. Well, they, somebody started spreading rumors that it's a bomb formula because he's- You're lying. You're lying. Was this a student? So nobody really knows like who would, I I think it was a student. I can't mention any of the faculty doing it. That's not the way our department was. But I would (laughs) hope not that it's not that bad. No, no. So I think it was from a student, but nobody like knows who the student is. And I'm- so somebody told me about this and I was bringing it up to my brother because my brother is in the program, right? Mm-hmm. He's in their undergrad program. And I was like, did you hear about this or whatever? And so he asked a few people and I guess it's been going on since the beginning of the semester. And then the chair of the department like went into that class and talked to them, but didn't bring up like Islamophobia and didn't bring up um, racism. And so it's been going on. And then like just the things that they are saying are so, so freaking racist like so like besides that they're saying more yes besides that that is a huge allegate like huge first of all like i literally am getting so mad okay here's the thing there's enough rhetoric that muslims are terrorists okay right we get it that's what the media likes to paint us as but there's over a billion of us and if we were Like, the world would be a very different place. Like, I I don't, like, this gets you me must so, all be alike. so angry. You must all be alike. Yeah. Just, like, going back to our last episode, right? Just, yeah. like, everybody in this culture is the same. Okay. So, for them to even say, or for it to be, like, circulating or whatever, to spread this rumor, like, that is such a large accusation to spread against somebody. And it's obviously right. not true. Right. And so I told my brother, I'm like, you better get in contact with the head of the department or I am. And I'm, I've worked with all of the professors in our department very closely, maybe with the exception of two, but I've worked with most of them very closely. And nobody in that department would ever support any kind of rhetoric like this. Like they are very inclusive. They're very like, obviously not racist. Like I've worked with them and I never once felt like I was under attack or anything like that. I never felt like there was any kind of bias against me, but I was so disappointed in that, the way that this was being handled. And I was just Mm. wondering like, do do you guys just not know that it's going on? Or is it just like something like, if we don't address it, it'll go away, I don't know. But he did reach out to her and they asked him some follow-up questions. They asked for screenshots or whatever. And he was so nervous because he's like, I don't have screenshots. Like, this is just things that people are saying. Like, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, this is like, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't even know about it until now. And like, then he's like, oh my gosh, am I going to cause a problem for this professor who I've never right. met? Like, and I was like, no, like you don't need to show them screenshots. That's not, that's not your job. Like, it's okay if you don't have like physical evidence against this, but it's still mm-hmm. something that you needed to draw their attention to because this is such like, this is so bad. This is not okay. This is absolutely not okay. And so, yeah. 
I have just kind of been like thinking about this and they got back to him and like they were very like understanding for why this is obviously disturbing yeah um and they are gonna handle the situation and I will have they come up with a statement or anything or like emailed like as a department emailed nothing 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 yet nothing that I know of yet this literally happened on Friday on Thursday night like around 10 Mm p.m and then my brother sent out the email to the professor and um she responded right away like um the next day like right and early he wasn't even awake and then so they've been kind of having discussions and now like he's Mm -hmm. kind of told her like this is like I told you what I know now you guys like need to handle it like hopefully they're doing it's not our job as I hope so because I don't think I personally think (laughs) maybe we should turn this into a hot take I think whoever started (laughs) this rumor needs to be kicked out of the program I don't think you can be in a helpful program uh, in a helpful field a helping field and be this dumb or this racist or like I would honestly be cussing right now if it were on the podcast like I am so and like I don't I don't know like I feel like my brother is in this field. And if that's how you think about Muslims, my brother is a Muslim man. That makes my yeah. brother not safe around you. My son is going to grow up to be a Muslim man. And they are so, such wonderful people. And for you to yeah. not be able to see, like, I get not liking a professor. I have had my share of professors that I don't like, but I would never, ever turn it into something racial or religious or anything like yeah. that. Like, because I can see past that and I can see that I don't like you as an individual, not as like not your as your culture or, or your, your culture race or yeah. Your, yeah yeah oh my god your religion oh my gosh yes. that is horrible well keep us updated i would love to know mm-hmm. the results and you know I how will. our mm-hmm. university responds because mm-hmm. how they respond is important on how they're teaching you know what i mean like i agree if they brush it under the rug it's going to be mm-hmm. very different versus if they come mm-hmm. out with a statement and Mm -hmm. do more investigation so that is my long long update (sighs) we have to do better everybody listening we have to do better like we need to make change mm Okay, so let's take a breather and let's move on mm-hmm. to more traumatic events <laughs> because oh our next gosh, yes. segment, guys, is our trauma dumps where we are going to tell you about what traumatic events we've been through and some give you some tips and tricks on how to take your traumas and what to do with it um, and how to mm-hmm. go forward. So again, Madame, let's talk about your traumatic event first. Um, what have you been through? And let us know okay. our, your juicy story. Unfortunately, I have a lot of SLP trauma. So this seg- this <laughs> segment will not be dying down anytime soon. Um, but not. this week, I am sharing some, this is probably one of the least traumatic things that happened to me. Um, but I was placed in a medical internship at this really great rehab hospital. Ooh, okay. They were so good, you guys. This hospital was amazing. I loved, loved this facility. Um, My supervisor, on the other hand, um, was just like a very upset person. She was always in pain, like chronic pain. So she was always- Was she older? Like, was she Mm -hmm. older? I I think she was like, yeah. I would say she's older. Like, older than us, yes. Older than us, yeah. Not within our generation. No, yeah, but she's not old either. Where okay. like she is retiring soon, like she's not. Okay, okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay, so um, anyway, so she, like, so that's some background on her. Um, so it was an adult hosp- rehab hospital. Um, and 
I loved it there, but unfortunately I couldn't even stay. Like I ended up having to be pulled out of this facility within like a month and a half of being there. Um, and this is just one of the things that happened while I was there. And this is not, I don't think a reflection of the place that I worked. I don't even think they knew that this was going on. Um, okay. but it's definitely a reflection of her. Okay. So let me paint the scene. So I'm about a week and a half into my medical placement and my supervisor decides that I'm ready to start seeing patients, which is fine. Um, but you know, I'm never, I've never been in this setting. I don't think we really did very much. Like we did in the clinic, we had two adult clients, right? But then yeah, the rest of it was not adult. Pediatric base. Yes. Right. The rest was pediatrics, which is fine. But anyways, so the patient is sitting upright in their chair and I'm across from them. And um, my supervisor is sitting behind me. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. the setup that we're in. And we are working on this arthria. And my supervisor came up with activities for us. I don't know if activities is the right word. Is that the word you use for the adults? Yeah. Okay. Okay. More therapy. Um, so, activity therapy. Okay. Yeah. So she came up with the activities for us. And we're working on her monotoneness, her volume, and her speed. I am a nervous college student. Okay. That's. And I didn't think I was doing bad, but I was so afraid of this woman that I literally get so much anxiety on my way to my internship. But she prepped the she prepped it, and we were just doing like the sentences, right? So like I say mm-hmm. a sentence, she says a sentence, give her feedback, just like that. Well, maybe like three sentences in, my supervisor chimes in, and she goes, "This is so bad. You guys are both so monotone. I can't tell which one of you guys has the disorder." And I literally, oh my gosh literally my jaw dropped and I was like what did she just say? like I was what did the patient oh my say? gosh okay so then my supervisor gets up to go get some water and she leaves and the patient's like she's so mean and I was like no she's just trying to do her job she's just you know giving me feedback and she's like no she's so mean and I was like oh I'm my not gonna gosh. sit there and talk bad about my colleague or my supervisor right. so I was like no no she's really just like doing her job but obviously, everybody in that situation could see that that was not a nice thing to say. And that if I was doing that badly, step in and tell me afterwards. Like, yeah. And I've made my fair share of mistakes. Obviously, I was learning. Mm-hmm. I have so many stories. But she literally, when she said that, I was like, first of all, that's insulting to the patient. But that's also insulting to me. And that's very not professional. I was just like, how did you think that was okay to say out loud? I was so embarrassed. And you're she a student. Even... Yeah, she like... didn't even. She didn't even take over. I just kept doing the activity, and then like when we left, she like she's called me monotone on numerous occasions, which I don't think I am. <laughs> you were such an animated person. <laughs> and I told her once, I was like, "Really? That's so like it's so odd that like I'm coming off that way to you because like <gasps> I am somebody who's consider like people consider like loud and like animated like I actually have to rein in and she mm-hmm. was like no you're so monotone and I was like okay thanks I guess I, I don't like, think I don't she understands say. what monotone no, she means understand. she does <laughs> she wasn't saying it like she was saying it as an yeah oh my gosh. okay oh my so what happened so that- nothing I complained about it on my way home to my husband <laughs> like a normal person does I cried okay, about it in so my car like, so how what happened with like a month because you left right so like what's the like what's the trauma behind it besides that one like why did you leave well I left because these things kept happening and then like there was just like a breaking point I would love to tell you this story and I honestly I will but do you want me okay. to tell you it today no I mean if it's juicy let's save it for another trauma that is pretty yes. a traumatic experience but I would love 
to, you know, yeah. we can keep this conversation going. I love this. Oh my yeah, gosh. She definitely like, honestly, the whole, the thing is like, I cannot stress enough how much I learned from her. Like I learned so much. What not to be? Like, no- okay, that's a really funny story. <laughs> Once we went into a therapy session and we mm-hmm. left and the, the patient called me back and they were like, um, and I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, why are they calling me back about my supervisor? It's literally a week. Like this is the same week I go in and they're like, hey, um, I just want to let you know you're doing really because she used to embarrass me in front of everybody. So he's like, I just want to let you know that you're doing really well and that you should learn all that you can. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm trying my best to learn like as much as I can from her. And he was mm-hmm. like, no, learn everything not to do because her bedside mm. manner is terrible. And I was like, oh, I like I didn't have anything to say. I was like, you know, she tries her best. Like, right, what am I supposed right. to say in that situation when you're literally so rude to the patients and now they're telling me like. I never like brought it up to anybody except my husband where I would like complain and like cry about it to him. But otherwise, like, I'm like, this is, it's fine. Like I can, I can get, I can do anything for two months. That's what I just tell myself. Like I can do anything for two months. I can do anything for two months. And then obviously I couldn't do anything for two months. And when I brought it up to our super, like to our um, university, they were like, oh, you are not staying in this setting. Like we are not endorsing this. And they absolutely had my back. So but it took well, me I'm happy you- a month and a half of this emotional abuse. Well, I'm, so I'm happy like, you were able to like stand up for yourself. Oh, I didn't. Like say something. When I tell you, I didn't. When I tell well, you. No, no, story, I mean, say oh. something with like the professors and like oh, say okay. like, oh, I this is like, a, like no saying like, something no. that it's occurring. Yeah. I was like, no, no, I, I never stood up to her. In fact, like, yeah, I never stood up to her because I was just. I was so terrified of her. And there were, like, I genuinely made mistakes out of fear of her, where, like, I just, like, wanted to get ahead of myself. Like, I wanted to be so prepared. I wanted to be, like, this perfect intern. And, like, I'm an overachiever. And she, like, I learned so much from her, but she took away all my confidence. And she crushed me so badly. Mm -hmm. So when I went into my next internship, like, my continuation of my internship, but, like, it was at a sniff. That supervisor was so amazing and she was so good about like rebuilding my confidence and just like making me feel like a therapist again because when I was Mm -hmm. done with the other one, I was like, I can't believe I went and got my master's degree to be terrible at this. And she was like, no, you're so good. Like it was just. It was just, it was terrible. And, but yeah, so. And that's not a, and that's an environment to learn. Like, you're not going to learn from that. You're just going to gain more trauma from that. So it's oh like, my gosh. that's horrendous. Literally, yeah. I, it was very hard, like super, super hard. I'm really happy that I was taken out of that situation and put into a much better one. Yeah. But good for you. I'm happy that, that my your trauma part. turned out positive. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Okay. Hannah, do you have an SLP trauma for us? Absolutely. Okay. So let's um, go back in time a little bit and think about when we were in undergrad. Okay. So um, we were a June, it was like ending junior year, going into senior year with like a month left of school. And, you know, I, you know, as overachievers, we, to get into grad school, you have to know the professors, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to have a relationship with them because they're deciding whether you go into their grad program or not. And I know both of us both wanted to go into the program, the undergrad we were at because it was convenient, right? Like mm-hmm. it was at the same yeah. location. Like we lived, we mm-hmm. both lived at home. Um, and so it would probably be cheaper for us. And so I really wanted to go to the same graduate school that I was um, doing my undergrad in. 
And so, you know, I had a meeting with the chair of the master's program, like the board or like, you know, the person on top. And I ended up just, you know, going to see that professor because I wanted to have her get to know me and just like, you know, build that relationship. So, you know, I was at the meeting and I'm sitting down and, you know, I'm very bubbly and I am talking about my passion. And basically she kind of just stops and looks at me and says, you know, honestly, you're never going to get into my program if you act like this. You aren't going to be a good therapist and you, I'm for sure you won't be a good therapist and you probably won't get into grad school. I have, what? I never knew this. Yeah. So I sat there. Did you cry? I would have cried. (laughs) I sat there and held my composure and I go, oh, really? And she was just like, yeah, like you have, like, it's not going to work out basically. She really didn't say it in those words. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I still applied. So, you know, I took that experience. And so like, I basically, I finished the meeting, I left and I went to go see my friends and I was like holding back tears and they asked me like, oh, how'd the meeting go? Did you do really good? Like, what did you guys talk about? And I literally was like on the verge of tears and she was, and I was like, she said that I will never get into her program because I talk too fast and I'm too energetic and I have like, I'm, my voice is too high pitched and blah, blah, blah. And so like, I just like had all this energy and I needed to hone it in. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And they just like, were looking at me with like, they were like, you, she said that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do. And so- Basically from there, it was the end of our junior year. So we, that whole summer, I decided to change my focus and do a lot of volunteer work with more, mostly like adults. And Mm -hmm. so I got really involved with stroke support groups and, you know, worked with a lot of adults with developmental delays, as well as like I worked at, um, or volunteered at a traumatic brain injury support group. And so I really tried to like hone in my skill and was like, okay, you know, she said this about me and I have this very, like, I'm going to prove you wrong mentality. And so basically I worked really hard for the whole entire summer working mainly with adults. And I came back the first or first or second month or week of school. I'm not sure. It was like really early into our senior year. And I sent, I gave her my resume and I made a, I made a, Basic, I made an appointment, gave her my resume, and I had her look at it. And I talked about my summer experience. And she looked at me and said, there's a huge difference. You absolutely could be a good clinician. She was like, I see a difference. And that's such a great testimony to your personality that you took my advice and you took my criticism and you worked on it. And it says a lot about who you are. I will say that I love this professor. This professor yeah. has gotten me through so many difficult situations. I love, absolutely love, love her so much. Like genuinely, there are maybe like a limited number of people that I can count that I would be able to say like, this is a person I can rely on in like a yeah. hard situation. And like I said, she's absolutely the person who had my back when I was in my internship. Did she say it nicely? Because the way that you're, the way that mm-hmm. I am picturing it, well, I don't know if you've experienced, she's very stern, like in her, the way she speaks. She mm-hmm. is, I don't like, she is very she's upfront. She's direct. Yeah, absolutely. So in my, when 
you're a junior. Like I was like, what, maybe 18, 19, maybe 20 ish. I don't know. 19, mm-hmm. pretty young. And I hadn't had any clinical experience with, like, I was barely an adult. Like I still am I a that. new adult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. you think I'm an energetic now? Like, no, no, I was like, I remember bouncing you. off the walls. Right. I do. I remember. I remember because you definitely like stood out, but I never ever took it as like a negative thing. It was something where right. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's always positive. I love it. <laughs> but um, I, I don't. For my I get recall, it. It, was like- it was very direct. It was super okay. direct. And but I kind so of also like, I see her wanting you to improve too. Like mm-hmm. I can see her doing it from like a good perspective, but like, I feel like that's just so harsh like it, it was a, a yeah it was a little harsh for like the first meeting like it was a little harsh for the first time actually having a conversation her actually getting to know my name and so I thought maybe she could have approached it in a little calmer sense but who knows maybe if she didn't do it the way she did I yeah. wouldn't have improved that I've gone into grad school. I wouldn't have yeah I wouldn't have been able to recollect my thoughts and take that criticism um mm-hmm and really work on it. And so, you know, from Mm -hmm. there, she commended me and she was like, I can see a huge improvement. And this definitely speaks to your character, which, which really was a great thing to hear um, from a student's perspective. And I was like, wow, like I actually did something, you know, I actually improved and worked on it. Yeah. And so one of your letters of rec, she was your letters of rec. Okay. I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. She was my letter. I love her. She is literally one of yeah. the most like culturally competent people I have ever met. And, and I like can say that a hundred percent. And I, I want to say though, you're absolutely right in the sense that I do, I do genuinely enjoy her. She taught me so many things and this is just one of the things that she did teach me. Um, and I actually consistently text her about like patients, not like, asking her Mm -hmm. advice, but like referring her to her Mm -hmm. programs that she started Mm -hmm. because I think she is a wonderful patient advocate. Um, Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. I, but she is very stern and she did literally almost make me pee my pants the first time I met her. Um, (laughs) but, and if she is listening to this, like, no, we, I absolutely adore her. Don't get me wrong, but it was a very, for me, it was a very traumatic experience. Um, but that, but that brings me to my kind of tips and tricks, if you don't mind me kind of sharing. Yeah, let's share our tips and tricks. So um, let me see here. I think using, I think we should start using our trauma. So like for this, my trauma, my traumatic experience for a positive outcome, right? So in like, no, that's easier said than done. Like a lot of the times, like you can take it both ways. You can take your trauma and kind of just hyper-focus on it and do nothing about it. Versus you can take your trauma and work on it, right? So, and it, that's very hard to do to take that. But however, you know, I like to use the things that like feedback and like traumatic experience I've had um, and try to start doing like positive affirmations or positive vocabulary, right? So instead of like, I will never be a good clinician, say I can work on being a better clinician, mm-hmm. right? Kind of have a growth mindset about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So using that positive, you know, reinforcement or positive vocabulary to kind of grow from that, you know, and like I said before, we're consistently going to be learners. We're not going to do things right the first time, right? Mm-hmm. So growing from taking the criticism that you receive, even though it could be pretty traumatic, like your experience, right? It could be pretty traumatic. But how do you take that experience and how do you take 
the feedback to be a positive mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I mean, I will say, so like with my little story that I shared about like the, I can't tell which one of you guys has a disorder. Um, it did not make me, it made me a better clinician in that I realized this is a person I never want to be like, I never want to feel See? so disassociated from my program or so disassociated, so dose, so, oh my gosh, take a second. So disassociated from speech therapy and my patients that I feel comfortable to say this and not take into account their um their feelings and it made me want to be an SLP supervisor for future SLPs because I never if I can save one person from being her intern by them being my intern which obviously you would not get the same experience (laughs) um like I would love to I would love to add passion into you and just like like you're like a little plant and just water you and watch you develop and flourish into this beautiful right. SLP because we all like you said are always like we're all learning we're all gonna make mistakes but your mm-hmm. mistakes don't define you and so I really think like a lot of the like that's what I learned from her like I did learn the technical stuff I learned a lot of that stuff from her but what I really learned from her was like I never want to be like you. I never want to be so sad or so miserable in my career. I will leave my career before I right. get there. I would hope mm-hmm. I would leave my career before I get there. And I, I know she was like waiting for retirement and I know she had a lot going on in her personal life, but that is not your patient's fault and that's mm-hmm. not your student's fault. So, but I, I do want to say though. To know. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, you're, you're fine. I was going to say, I just think it's important to know when someone is projecting onto you and mm. when it's actually something that you need to work on. So maybe um, this professor who talked to you, she was obviously not projecting. Um, no. If you guys met her, like she was not projecting. She was not. Um, she, she was, was giving not. you genuine advice that I think she could have made maybe a little nicer, but a she was giving nicer, you genuine advice. Time. Whereas like my supervisor was tearing down and yeah, she wasn't no. projecting. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I, like, absolutely don't take take the advice, right? But and use it for positive. But I mean, like, take your traumas and change it into a positive outcome. Like, exactly. It's like you learned, even though like, you're not going to take her advice as in like clin- clinical wise, but you learned from that trauma. And now you're going to do it. You're going to take that trauma and push it in a positive way. Like you want to become a supervisor. You want to teach students and grow students instead of building Mm -hmm. them down. So like, I just love, like, I think we need to start changing our mindset of our experience and hopefully, you know, using it for a positive way instead of a negative way. Yes. Yeah. Cause you, that, I mean, your experience, you could have just been in your mind the whole time. Like, Oh my gosh, really? And just not done anything about it. And just Mm -hmm. kind of like, self-sabotage like self-sabotage I I did self-sabotage that's a story for another time I literally you're right because I literally got to the point where I was so afraid of her so afraid to make mistakes that I did things I would never have done like Mm. I I just I've made mistakes out of fear and trying to please her when in reality had I just been like to myself in the time like she is projecting onto you Mm -hmm. she is so sad right now she is in chronic pain and working Mm -hmm. full time like this has nothing to do with you. Like, I really Sounds wish I had like... taken that approach at the time because yeah. I used to cry in the shower because Aww. of her. I was so burnt out. Those are the best cries. Life. Those are the best cries. They though. were. They were so I would good. cry on the way there. I would cry on my oh. way home. I would like, I remember literally sobbing in the shower and just being like, oh, no. I am never going to amount to anything. And honestly, like, that's like, then like the professor who talked to you talked to me yeah. and she reminded me like how great I am. And she reminded Absolutely. me like, 
she just made me feel so much better. And even to the point where I was nervous to approach this professor because of how much my supervisor had gotten in my head. And I just remember calling her. First of all, this professor is always available. Like she has always been available. She's all, so, I love yeah. that about her. Yeah. And so I remember like, she gives her, her number her, out. Stop. Guys, she does. She She's her, her private number. <laughs> yeah, her so private number to her students. <laughs> yes. So I remember point. like calling her and just sobbing to her about what was going on. And not for one second did she make it me think it was my fault. Like, she mm -hmm. literally was like, this is not normal. This is not okay. And she actually, I don't think they've ever offered another internship, like wow. partnered up with them again for any of their students. And it's a good placement. It's a rehab hospital. Like it's a placement that like, we need more medical settings, but she's like, yeah, I will never put a student through this again. And I was well, like, it sounds I, like this SOP yeah. needs to retire. I know. Like I she needs to take she a did. hiatus. She needs to get a hiatus. Her, so I don't know. She, she started texting me. Break. When I left, she started texting me and like, I was like, I can't do this. I'm such a people pleaser. I'm such a pushover. Same. And I just blocked her because if I got her messages, I was going to try to like, Same. I don't know. I don't know. So I was just Same. like, it's fine. Well, I'm sorry yeah. you went through that trauma, but I'm happy <laughs> I'm to learn that you're going to do it and you're going to change it to be positive. Yes. And I'm sorry that you, your dog, your I'm dog sorry, sorry that you went through that trauma too, but I'm happy that it made you a better clinician. It did. It absolutely made me a better clinician. Okay. So now that we have trauma dumped, um, we are going to go into our SLP recs of the week. Hannah, do you have any? Yes, I do. So my SLP rec is this book right here. It is Evaluation and Treatment of Swallowing Disorders by Jerry Logeman, okay? So guys, mm -hmm. this is an old book. I know it's very old, super old. Mm -hmm. I don't even know when it was made, 1990? 1987, oh, wow. I think? Mm -hmm. it was, it's oh, an it's old, it's like one of the, <laughs> me too. It's one of the older um, dysphagia books. However, you know, so we didn't use this book when we were in grad school. I don't even remember. I didn't, I don't have our dysphagia book. Um, but when I became, do you have it? I was checking to see if I do, but I don't. Oh, but I we didn't use this one. However, when I became a clinician, when I like was in my CF, I wanted just an easy read. Um, and I wanted my CF supervisor was very old school, like old in her ways. And I, I, she had mentioned she had learned, this is the book that she learned from when she was in grad school. And so I bought it. I was like, let's see what this book is about. Jerry Logeman is very well known and is loved by the dysphagia community, right? Mm -hmm. Or like um, SLPs who treat dysphagia. And so, you know, I read it and it's a wonderful book. And it's so surprising that a lot of older speech therapists had learned from this book because she actually talks about evidence-based practice. There's one thing that I didn't agree with her. She talked about like um, evaluating the larynx and how high it goes. Um, I'm so sorry. My dog is crying. Are I apologize. Okay? I don't know if you can hear him. I'm, I, I can. I was wondering, I was like, is he trying to get out of the room? No. Hannah, how old is your dog? He is one and a half, but let me grab oh. him real quick. But um, he just needs love and attention. But mm. anyways, I was just really shocked because a lot of the information that she talks about is talking about, you know, doing a swallow study. You can't treat dysphagia without a swallow study, which is so surprising to me because a lot of speech therapists, especially like, like therapists that have been in the fields for a while, are treating dysphagia 
without swallow studies are still thickening with what's at bedside, are still saying, oh, they have delayed pharyngeal swallow by touching their neck, which is very, very old school and just outdated um, mm -hmm. way of practicing. And so, you know, this book, I highly recommend that if you are a grad student or, you know, starting in this field, you just read it. It's an easy read. I think I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I read the whole thing, but you should read it, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's because. funny that you mentioned, like, the feeling, the neck. I feel like mm -hmm. that's how I was taught in my CFY, too. It's just like, how do you, like, they're like, oh, yeah, they're a delayed swallow. I feel it. And I'm like, how do you know? And, you know, 90% <laughs> of my patients have a delayed swallow. Literally, mm -hmm. they score a score of, I think it's like three on the MBS IMP, which is the bolus head starts in the volecula. Literally, mm -hmm. that's majority of my patients and their swallow is functional. So half of us, it's a delayed swallow isn't the end all be all guys. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, true. that's, 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 a, that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> But yes, that's um, a podcast where Hannah will host and I will be a guest and just get all the information. I Because I do agree with you, but I don't think I'm as educated in it as you are. Well, and then and I'm not educated in pediatrics, so you can educate me. Um, yes. But okay, what is so your rec for this week? What is your my rec? My rec is I really wish I had it on me right now. Um, it is a bear and a log puppet. So this is for my pediatric mm. um species um well actually i've heard that term is quite controversial so my pediatric wise people don't like to be called species i don't mind it i like is, it there's a reason why species is a bad term no i think they just think it's annoying oh, i mean okay. i guess like that's, some that's people what don't I like think. saying kiddos like some yeah. people there was a yeah there that's was also a that's a very it's a very there's big a uh, no I, do a you know who i'm talking about um yes i do but she wasn't my okay. ci okay there was a ci she said I don't like kiddos. You never use it in my, in your treatments. And I was like, okay. Another friend <laughs> of mine was anyway. also, I think another friend of mine was also her student. And I remember mm -hmm. hearing about it. Um, afterwards. Oh, yeah. Okay. But Continue yeah, on. Thank though. God. She was, she was, well, I <laughs> said, thank God. Uh, she was just, never mind. That's all. No, thank God before mm -hmm. that. Um, but anyway, my SLP rank is a bear in a log puppet. So it is a bear that is literally in a log. We used to have mm. this in our um, clinic at the university and then I bought yeah. it because I loved it so much. Um, and the mouth opens, which a lot of puppets with their mouth don't open. So I use it for everything. So I mm. use Beach Tree Co's minis um, to like feed it. And then because it's in the log, I'll be like, and then like make it swallow. And then mm. I when I swallow, it drops into the log. So then it looks like they really did swallow. And then a couple times I've had um, kids that were like, make him burp or make him throw up. And so then we'll make him burp or throw up and all the minis come out. And then we work on our sounds or whatever we're doing, our language targets that way. And it is such a good thing to have. It's on Amazon. So okay, if you guys are interested. Is it pretty cheap? Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I if you have a little money, maybe score you a little bit on yourself. You I deserve will say, it, guys. You I will it. say it was, I think it, when I got it, it was like $20, but I got it That's because not it's in a log, and I got it because it's mouth open. Then it picked up popularity, and it was like around 3 oh, that so, sucks. That sucks. Um, it's not cheap, but it is my SLP rec because I have used it with like fluency. I've used it with language. I've used it with speech. I've used it with feeding therapy. Like mm. I have used it so much. It is a staple in my materials. Mm -hmm. okay. But that is my SLP reg. 
Beautiful. Well, that kind of ends our episode here. Um, we encourage you guys to kind of get involved and let us know what are your trauma dumps? What have you been through and how did it make you a better clinician or even just mm -hmm. a better person in general? Let's start that conversation. You can reach us at our social. So it's communication pod for TikTok and Instagram. And then just at gmail.com if you want to email us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we hope to that you come back for our next episode. And remember everybody, I want you guys to turn your traumas into something beautiful. Okay. See you guys. Bye.